Guten Abend. My name is Ernst Müller, but you can call me Oberstrugenführer Müller. And I'm here to talk to you about my new show, Operation Poltergeist. Now you may be saying, Oberstrugenführer, you have a podcast show? Yes. I'm actually quite heavily featured in two separate projects produced by the Bardic College, Cthulhu in Cairo, and now Operation Poltergeist. The first many of you already know, as a show in which a group of common-bred lowlifes traipse around the globe, trying to undo the plans of my beloved Thule Society. In this show, however, I will be able to finally introduce the listeners to some of my key allies, who are as determined as I am to bring our vision of the world to the unenlightened masses. But be warned, Operation Poltergeist is only available as a Patreon exclusive. But why, Omastrumenfuro? Why? For two reasons. First, because it is their wish to honor their Patreon members for their support, as they should. And second, because they are not brave enough to allow my deeds of glory to be broadcast on the open sites of the internet. They lack the courage to give a com committed hero of the Thule Society, such as myself, a platform on which to recruit more impassioned fighters for the cause. And so I will punish their new team of players with unspeakable horrors. If they attempt to interfere in any way, I will hunt them with my knock commandos, and with all the power of the Elder Gods that I can summon. I cannot be stopped. I will not fail. Listen to Operation Poltergeist starting in June by joining our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative, and of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page, and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at The Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm Raz, the Keeper, and I am joined by the entire team, uh, Vadim, Jack, Faye, Catherine, and Ella. And they have decided uh, the next morning, it is the morning of the... Th third and they are going to be flying out tomorrow morning so they have one day left in beautiful Kathmandu, probably their favorite destination that they've been to so far with the exception of maybe moscow i think this is really the place to be right all their eyes are just wide looking at me like what the hell that nobody <laughs> um catherine catherine flipped me the bird <laughs> right um, we never actually went to moscow right you were in leningrad that's Fine too. He gets the point <laughs> i mean honestly <laughs> oh, that what the point was? have have we not thought about maybe we're dead like maybe we're dead and this is hell. Like, oh, I wow. think this is lost. We... You're the second person to say that to me today. 
Yeah, I mean, have we explored that route? Well, this is the guy to talk to about it. So yeah. oh, um, you're about to make your way up. You've made your prayer flags. Ella has set them up. Uh, I'm not, if anybody wanted to say something specific, you bought a set of flags and were able to put that message on it. Um, and you can tie them off on the way. Jack, you are up and about. The climb feels like it, you know, Catherine's really not happy that you've been invited because, you know, of course, she's always going to be overly careful. But you feel that if you take it slow, you know, you can move around. You should be okay. So you're more than welcome to join as well with that. And uh, we'll put you up at 14 HP now. Another day of rest. So you, Thank you, Keith. Oh, no, you didn't take the regen one. I'm sorry. You, you only get, you're at 13. You didn't take the 13. regen. You took there the. It's going to kill me without the rest of my life, aren't you? Well, you didn't take it. You took the. You took the sanity ones. You didn't say there was a regen. I took the sanity because I had like insane sanity. I had like 89 well, sanity. But you know what? Is that was that what Jack would really want? Is that is, is I mean, you did you did what was best for Joel, but was that what Jack wanted? No, I thought that Jack probably would have wanted. <laughs> I thought I was maintaining the hit points doing it that way. Yeah, no, I, that, and I understand that. By the way, his his appearance does his appearance go down because of the funky eyes or no? As long as you're wearing the goggles, no. Take the goggles off; it's going to go down to like a twenty. Nice. Nice. Well, well, people don't normally like slit Some people, eyes. it might be like 100. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. All right. So we make our way back up the mountain. It's just after it's just after dawn. Uh, you're you're heading up to the, the side of this hill, making your way through the middle of Kathmandu and then up the footpath. And I and again, I can't stress enough. It is a single file, you know, one foot in front of the other. This is Skellig Michael is wide. OK, if you're trying to climb Skellig Michael to the famous scenes where Luke Skywalker sat on top of the, the hill and, you know, the, in the middle of the ocean in Ireland and did that whole scene of the Jedi. This is, this is far more narrow, this winding secretous path up the side of this mountain, but it takes you, you know, a little bit of time, but you make your way up there. And the, the young monk has been told, you know, he's been forewarned that you're coming and it may bump to is already. And you, but first I, I assume you tie off your prayer flags. Is that true? Ella, Catherine, anybody who wrote a, a little message to Aveline? Yep. You want to do that first? Um, yeah. So you tie the prayer flags off. You find, you know, there's all kinds of poles stuck in the ground and some of them are a little wobbler, you know, wobbly, but they, they all stand up and they're, they're, they're secure. They, they keep checking on them, but you get the flags up, you make your way inside. And again, he's sitting in that same place. Uh, he's watched the sunrise and he's been waiting for you to, to come in and he gathers you around. And as, as you approach, he, he gets up. And he nods to each person. You Again, you made your abeyance past the Buddha. You did your three bows. Uh, the women have their heads covered. And he's like, ah, it is so good to see all of you. I am Ime Bomtu. Welcome to Pishu. So I have been asked by your friends to speak with you about Sir John. So I am here to do that. First, would you like to go to the place that I have given to John for him to find rest? Would you like to see this first? Or would you rather ask your questions? Whichever way, I, I am open to either one, whichever is comfortable for you. Not all at once. Might I have all the time in the world? Take it. No, time. I'm sorry. I was just thinking, like, um, go to his like room. Is he? Do we yeah. know if he's there? Sir John has not made his way back. He is not arrived from his trek um, to the mountain again. He, I have not seen him. He was not in t present today. But his room is his room is here. You can see what you can see that if you wish to check on him. Um, uh, you know what? Let's let's do the room. Oh, oh because okay. I think let's do the room. Yeah, I want I want to look at the room first. Ah, very good, very good. Please follow me. So he brings you inside the monastery. It's actually dug partway into the mountain. Um, it's pretty f cool feat. They, it, they must have spent a lot of time getting this thing done. Um, it's it's pretty impressive. So it does. It, it goes up into certain chambers, but there's also chambers down below. Another large prayer center, and off the side of these prayer centers, there's these small cells. He brings you to one of them, and he says, "This is the cell of Sir John." He keeps his things in here and he opens the door and inside you have this, these belongings. This is what you see. I was so scared for a second. You were going to go and inside is the body of Aveline. And I was going to go, ah! Ah! no. What? 
Oh, that is a they. Oh God. Um, math is that math? I was about to say, is he doing? Is that calculus? Mueller is an ogre, a magi, a devil, and a saint. Sydney's alive. Great. Great. Okay, so he um, knows math. I can hear there's Jesus, John. Your grammar. He must not be well. Why does it want Sid? Which half can we? I can, can we hear their screams. Is this? It looks like Aboriginal artwork. It's very um. Oh, there's Caravaggio right there. Where? Uh, right on the side. Oh, I see Kate, Kate, Catherine. What? No, no. How dare? Marston will dream again. Faye saw, Sid saw, Kate saw, Aveline saw. can stop shouting now. He's alive. <laughs> He's alive. So, folks, this is some of the messages that they're being, that they're just trying to translate. Oh, there's Giza. We have a reference to Cairo. We have a reference to Cairo, people. It's the word See, Giza. people, we're going to Cairo. What's the last line? Face saw, Sid saw, Kate saw, see saw. saw, Jack what? saw. Oh, Jack saw. Oh, my God, guys. Jack daw. Jack, Jack daw. Jack He has a reference to Shakotal and is the bone wrong? What's the backwards writing there? Oh, that's comforting. Someone oh, is wrong. the bone wrong? That's the backwards writing. Yep, that is the bone wrong. Oh, no. Oh, uh, what? what is the Dawson? Dawson was not innocent mexico was a what a <gasps> oh 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 my i'm a faye is now she's um she's fallen to the floor and she goes ah gee mm, darling darling no. what's wrong that's not great i mean none of this is great but whoo. in the well there be hell oh good god he's the third oh. You know what, guys? I mean, I love John, and I'm so happy that he's alive. But quite frankly, I'm not sure if I want to talk I'm to him right now. I'm thinking John's a little bent at this point. The head speaks and kills and kills and kills. <laughs> shame, shame, Mr. Banks. <gasps> <gasps> Jesus what? Christ! Okay, I, I think out. we need to we need to let we need to let the listeners know that we will be posting this onto our Facebook page. Yeah, this needs to be shown. It's a weird picture that says, that's me, in the middle, right above where it says, Kate, Kate, Catherine. It's a, there's like an arrow pointing to something in the middle of that body and said, that's me. Yep. It appears to be an S painted into the wall, on scratched into the paint of what he drew as Shakotal. So listeners, what you have is you have what appears to look like Aboriginal type art. Um, John has scrolled several figures some animals uh, painted along the wall. We will post this Whoa. when this episode goes live. Uh, he's also put some com some communicative formula about sin. Sin A plus sin B equals two sin. Some sort of formula that John may be working with with some magic. There's a bunch of things in it. I can hear their screams. Um, Why did I read alive. that in sine and cosine? Uh-oh. <laughs> sine and cosine. Could be. Well, they're the um, symbols for sine and cosine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But he's also left all kinds of messages painted. And Ime Bamtu is standing there. And he's like, so this is not what you were ready for? Not expecting, I, I take? Well, well, you did not John know he was batshit crazy. <laughs> I, Kat turns to Ime Bamtu and says, um, I'm so sorry that he's vandalized your temple wall. Once we no, no, not at all. Not at all. These are, these are holy drawings. What? You see, John is speaking. John has gone... And travels between here and Rupkund, and he has spoke to the greater to a greater no. power. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm um, wholly unsettling. Okay, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of questions. Um, 
when when is he coming back from his little excursion? Cause uh, you'd be upset if we took whitewash to this and covered it up. No, no, no. This is this is John's space. I have we have given this okay. to Sir John, okay. and he can do it as he wills. I am not. Who am I to judge what what transmissions come from far across the the void to speak to him, whether it be good or. For ill, it doesn't. This doesn't. He is in communication. Well, he certainly with likes power, communicating with, with voids these days. But this is this is not a bad thing. This is just another form. It, these symbols, I do not know what these are. These these uh, diamond with the two. I, this I have not been able to figure. I see the black sun and what may be Earth in the hands of this this one creature. Um, I do not know who Gertrude is, but he speaks of this sometimes to me as she was alive. She um, he says she may have, I believe, drowned, but. Again, I do not know. Uh, some things, again, John, vision. He has vision. And you have to understand that this is this is what he sees. This is what he knows. And this is a good thing. Imabantu, uh, do you know what the, it looks like a sun with, with rays coming off the bottom. Do you know what that is? Ah, no. This, um, I, he has drawn this uh, several times. Not as often as the, the diamond with the uh, extensioned arms. Have we seen Make, that um, diamond? Yes. It looks very familiar. It's the symbol of the fool. Uh, it's the symbol of the fool. I society. cut it off your wrist in Berlin. Oh, yeah, that's why I don't recognize it because it's not permanently branded to my skin anymore. Um, and then he has it upside down, as if like a world upside down. So, Imebamtu says, "I'm sure you have many questions." Ella, you asked me, "Do I know John?" And I said to you, "I've yes, but try to think of it like this: I know him, or rather, I try to know him, because John is a temporal being who cannot be fully understood." He senses things beyond the reality that we share, and yet still Trump struggles to come to peace with his own nature. For as much as John wishes to be the owl, he is in truth the leopard. He is the cat that hunts the mountains, the killer, most silent, always stalking both knowledge and prey. He is restless and powerful. I can tell you that while he accepts things he has done, equally so, he will not accept the things he has done. Miss Walcott, you accept and not accept things. But it is not to diminish the power that you have. Would you agree with this? You accept the things that have happened, but you also cannot accept them. This is John. This is what John paints. These are the things that John speaks to the girl in the mountain, to the voice. He listens. The, is the girl Aveline or? Oh, she is, she is the spirit that he truly enjoys sharing his company with. Okay. Yes. I lean over and I go, yeah, they're talking about Aveline. That's what I thought. I didn't know if there was like some other, like, who's, who the fuck is Gertrude? I don't know. I'm so out of my element right now. It was that boat, right, Ella? You were telling us about that one day where you and John actually met? Oh yes, my god, yeah. Gertrude Dobbs. Yes. Um, no shit. She kind of pulls, she kind of goes over to Kate's side and whispers in her ear, Kate, I have a urge to do something. Uh, I, why are you telling me this? Because it may end up with me having a little bit of an episode like we did in Russia and mostly every other time that I do the thing. If you're asking for permission, the answer is no. You're not thinking about... Don't touch the wall. Are you crazy? That could be ceremonial magic there. I'm curious and also concerned about the messages. I mean, is the bone wrong? I mean, we grabbed the right bone, didn't we? This bone he speaks of. I, I matter of fact, I have. What? I have for you. I, I, I recorded it yesterday after you left. After those, after the treats and my fasting, I remember. John said, should anyone ever come to the monastery, I have something for you in a small box. It is a bone that he has taken back from Rukund. He says, this is the bone you should have. So huh. thank you for reading that. That is important for me. I get you the bone. 
But after we see here, there's also something here written very faintly on this large creature with the odd shape. It says, who is Dorothy a day? John has spoken of her many a times to me. Keep this name in your mind. I believe it will make sense one day and it is important to you. That, that one. So listeners, that one is so faint the way it's it scrawled in here. You can barely read it. It says, who is Dorothy a day? Just uh, I want the team to know that that says there. So M.A. Bomtu goes on to say to Ella, he's talking to you, but to the whole group, he says, understand that the John I have come to learn about is obsessed with a spirit from beyond our stars, a power that wishes to consume worlds, souls, and lay waste to all that our mortal minds hold dear. And no matter how much I try to explain to him that this ending is God sent, he cannot bring himself to find peace in that answer. For is it not the teachings of the Buddha that all things end and that the greatest reward for our suffering is emptiness? To be truly nothing. He may bomb too. You're not seriously talking about the apocalypse as something that's like a positive, right? Miss Catherine, to leave no footprint in the sand or no poisons in the sea, to simply never have been and to float away on the wind like ash. This is what we all aspire to. And John, for all of his insight and knowledge, accepts and does not accept this simple truth. Shakotol offers this gift. She will come to us as she nearly came once before, it's a she. years ago. And she, yes, and she will guide each and every living thing to the most sacred space in all the heavens, whether you call this oblivion or emptiness, limbo, nirvana, valhalla, or simply death. These are merely words. Shakotol promises. That she will end suffering and the eternal cycle of rebirth. We will all be equal. You must see this. John reached out into the cosmos and was answered once already. Through the waters of Rupkund, he touched an ancient being. But is only a vassal, this being. A slave to those who would be willing to usher us into the final cycle. That being has now given the missing pieces to summon. It's a creature with a dark purpose to many, but not to all. There is nothing to worry about. Because I know, as all who follow the path of the Buddha, that should the sun darken and the doorway into the heart of the pyramids open, we will have actually won. The Buddha has prepared us for this, enabled our minds to comprehend that such a day was possible, and taught us to train so that it does not and will not matter. No difference on old age, a bullet, a fall, fire, or the maw. Silence will be left behind us. We will leave no trace as it should be. And he stands there just looking at all of you. Can we go now? Are, are you are you <laughs> saying that this journey that they began and, and Vad and I have joined is fruitless, is pointless? Yeah. Is that is that what you are intimating here? Because that's that the the individual is useless is meaningless and, and the eventuality of all change and ending overrides anything we might do. Do I understand you correctly? Mr. Jack, you come from a place that the fields appear endless, but your rational mind says there is an end. There is a river. There is an ocean. There is desert that surrounds these fields. Correct. To a young boy grown into the veldt, the savannah, he may never even walk far enough to see the river. His perception is that this is endless. Just like our perception, the life will go on. But think of this, Mr. Jack. Should the end come, and let's say somehow it is nearly here and you and your friends are able to stop it this time, these beings are eternal. They are older than time. They will come again. It cannot be the destiny of man to thwart them every time, Mr. Jack. A thousand years may go by, but one day they will win. We have to accept this. Buddha taught us to accept that suffering 
is temporary. The screams, the pain, it will all make for no difference in the end because we will all be free. Isn't that the ultimate? Yes, but what for those who are not Buddhists, who do not believe this? For those who believe that they shape their own futures and the futures of others? Ah, You must struggle. You must fight. You must do what you feel is right for you and your version of the creator. I have no, I do not wish to teach you one way or another, but I am Buddhist. It is not so much the faith. It is a practice of living, a tenet, a guide. I tell this to John all the time. And this is why John comes back. We speak of this many times. He is adamant about giving you the bone and sending you more messages and finding a way to help you. But I say to him, just sit. The end is coming. And in that time, we will go from here to a better place. Yes, well, perhaps he needs to find peace with the inner torment, torment that is clearly inside him. Ah, then he's not ready to receive the gift. And many won't be. But it does not stop the gift, Mr. Jack, from coming. Intriguing. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Of course, of course. Yeah, I don't know about the rest of you, um, but I'm going to continue doing this and I'm going to go and close it because I have unfinished business. I've got stuff that I want to do. You know, I, I'm, I'm only 28 years old, young, spry. Okay, they come back in a thousand years. Big whoop, I'm going to be gone in a thousand years. Okay, it's that'll be up to the next group of unfortunates who go and find all these. Faye, you, you uh, as all of us, were born dying in a constant state of death. We all arrive at the same location, the same destination. But what uh, this man speaks of freedom or gift, it's just death. The only thing that matters in this life is what you do with the time you have, the path, the walk. That is what is important. And that is why we keep moving forward. Yes, this I believe. What Vadim says, this also is my path, that we must work for change and play a part. And the emptiness he talks about is just nothingness, the void that exists after you're dead and become worm food. I see no honor in this. To each their own, Jack. I I, I respect him, but... Some people uh, like to watch the world go by. Others like to uh, maybe hold the steering wheel a little more. Yes, it's a very passive belief system. I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know that I could. No, ever... Mr. Jack, we are preparing all the time. Every day we center ourselves. Fear runs through me as much as it does the next man. I have questions. I have worry. But I know that the teachings of my Buddha, my guide, my teacher, say that this was going to happen. Whatever form it takes, it was going to happen. I can fight the inevitable, but to what end? Maybe I stop it today. Maybe I postpone a year. Maybe I'm able to hold on. For another hundred years. Who knows? That is the uh, the great mystery. Who knows? Of course. And, and such is the flavor of life, my friends. Who knows? Ella kind of interjects between Vadim and Imebam too, and she looks the holy man dead in the eye and says, You're not very familiar with Christian scripture, I'm sure? I have read some of the teachings of Jesus. Then have you heard of the story of the sinful city? It's the variations of the names can change depending on how you translate it, but the story goes as thus. Jesus was asked by his disciples, what would he do to a sinful city if there were a hundred believers in his teachings? Jesus told him, I will not burn down that city for those hundred. Then they changed the number to 50. He still would not burn it. And what if there was only one? He would not burn it. 
the world is not ready to burn and become nothing. I would be foolish to think that the world is not going to end soon and the entire universe, the cosmos, can live on without our stories. But I'm going to be damned if I will allow any vengeful, dark god, as you called this being, to take them before we're all where you are. So forgive me, Ime Bamtu, but this is not the ending I see for humanity just yet. You are not ready to make that, to, to join me on this path. And I accept that. You must do what you must do. And if you are able to postpone it, here I will wait. And here I will continue to meditate and prepare myself. Because, Miss Ella, what Jack let, what John let go on that mountain, what transpired there at Rupkund, it went off and it went to a place where many people are having dark thoughts, where an evil is gathering. And those people, they too wish to end the world. It will, it's, we have so many crises every day. If you are able to stop this one, I wish you nothing but harmony on that path. And your struggle will be noted. I respect you. I think we're done here. Yeah. Buddhism does lead into the whole, it is going to happen. There's nothing we can do to change it. And a little nihilistic. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Buddhism doesn't account for uh, the people who uh, have lost their souls and who uh, are in eternal damnation. I mean, Catherine's already looking to, I think she's already loading shells into the 12 gauge. How many does this hold? Sold six? So. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot Ime Bomptu. I, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to shoot, I didn't think you were going to shoot Ime Bomptu. I thought you were just going to like torch the room and well, do a, do a, you know, you know, what, uh, which we call, who's the director that likes to burn shit as, he, as people walk away? Oh, a uh, John Woo. Like a John Woo ending, just slow motion as you walk out. The, the room's just scorched. <laughs> I had a question for him, but now I'm like yes. not interested in what he has okay. to say. I wanted you know, if he's this magic woo-woo holy guy, I was going to ask him about my curse. Oh, please, you, you can? You should. Okay. Oh, and then he says, it's your burden to bear. <laughs> <laughs> and I can you do know, nothing. Is it a curse? Or is it not? Give Maybe the people gift. what they want. <laughs> Give me some perspective. Uh, Mr. Bomtu, Ime, um, sir. <laughs> Mr. Bomtu. <laughs> Listen, I may regret this, but I feel that I have to ask you a question, and you said we could ask questions, and I have a hundred, but I think I know what your opinion on the creepy wall is. You've expressed it fully. So, um, different question, if I may. Of course. If you need to hold my hand or something, I'm not great with tactile, like, touching, but if you need to, like, to determine this... I have a curse on me that my ex-fiance kind of put there. Am I okay? How do I get it off? I, Help me? I don't, like, can you? What is the curse for? for? What I, don't is, what, uh, I don't know. It. I think... J just say the name. In my own good time. Faye just goes, Shikoto. <laughs> no it's it's like the the what we do in the shadows it's like i cannot speak the name of the vampire and i'm like i don't give a fuck his name was mike <laughs> <laughs> fucking mike um <laughs> so i believe that this was placed on me as a means of protection but then the man was no, no no but he was an idiot <laughs> and i he think he messed up because something called awas is obsessed with me ah awas Awas is a force, a spiritual guardian, a guide, written about many times throughout the histories and magical texts and texts of 
that are shared among many faiths. Awas has taken several names, but the root word, the root name, Awas, is always present in some form of the spelling. He, she, it. Great phonetics. Go on. Is simply a, the builder of a bridge. You are on one side of the river. You need to speak to a man or a woman on the other side. Someone builds you a bridge or you build it yourself and you go across. Awas brings you across that bridge, guides the path to the next step. In this case for you, if you are connected to John, you are being brought across or prepared to cross a bridge for Shakurtl. What? What? Well, well, what? Well, this is what you have been blessed with a chance to be a conduit. No, no, a, I don't know. A focus, <laughs> a focus, a chance for the spirits as awesome and powerful as they may be. I, they're not awesome. To worm their way. No. Oh, God. Into your That's a physical violation to, of my... There's no violation. It is a divine touch. Ah! All right. I think, get I it think she's had enough. I think she's had enough. Catherine, you're not going to get anything out of him. I, I lean into Ella and I go, I can't believe that we've only interacted with this man twice and he already knows all the words to say to make Catherine as uncomfortable as possible. Listen. I... I believe, Miss Dawson, that every word I say could possibly make Miss Catherine uncomfortable. I make her uncomfortable, but at least she tolerates me. Sir, how do I get it off of me? <laughs> You're not going to get anything out of him. I can try! What am I supposed to do? He's the first person I feel that he's told me the right answer! You... Like, I feel like you're the first to... person who's been straight with me. There's nothing... I am only surmising what you are telling me in the briefest of detail, but I am also understanding mm -hmm. the things that Sir John has told me. Oh, if nice to be if you of. have been blessed, if you have been chosen, whether it was put on you by someone else or perhaps you were just aligned properly with this this spirit, put on the path to the bridge. If this is just a thing, there's nothing. I, another one of your team has had a contact with part of Shakotul with part of the vassals that are coming. Mr. Sir John knows this. It's one of the reasons he's he's written here, I believe. Uh, oh, yes. Sydney's alive. And he pressed an exclamation point. Now, that could be a good thing, but the symbols next to it, things that he's drawn here, we wonder, why does it want Sid? Which half can we give him? None is the answer. But this is the point. You were put together by, by fate into a room, by whether it be a man or the powers far beyond in the cosmos, lining, pulling on the threads, the spinners, some would call them, pulling and pulling, making the five of you come together. And now this five, that is a good thing. In the end, it'll all make sense for you. I don't... You will be fine, Catherine. But I'm not going to be fine. I literally, her hands reach out as if to shake this <laughs> frail old man who is about half her size. All right, darling, oh, come yeah. on. No, no. No, you don't touch me in here. Catherine's about to do the camel clutch. Darling, if you want to hit me, hit me. But let's get out of here. You're not going to hit a Buddhist man. <laughs> Does anybody else have questions? Yeah, I want to know what the hell he means by Mexico was a test. I mean, I think I know, but... Again, I could touch the wall, but I think that's a bit of a no. Mm -hmm. I think that's a horrible idea. Put your hands in your pockets. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hand, hands to yourself. Hands behind your back. And don't... Actually, no. Put them in your pocket. Don't, don't lean your forehead against put the wall. Put your hands in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's how you know it's serious. What would you like me to do? Wear gloves all the time? Yeah, actually, that would be really stellar. I will give up my gloves. 
I can still read. The, the test is just what it says, Melon. He doesn't know what happened in Mexico if you fill him in some of it, but because John didn't know a lot about what happened in Mexico. I was going to ask what he knows about portals, gates to other planes. Special places, Cairns, all over the world. In um, the lands you, tr- you come from, or some of you, you have one or two English. Loch Ness would be such a place. A pool of water, a sacred spot to the old ways, to the old religions. These are scheduled, uh, spread out too, all over the place in Earth. And sometimes, like when you touch water, a ripple happens and it fades out. Imagine though that when one of these elder gods, these old beings from very far away are able to force and touch, all of the pools ripple at once. So strong is their presence. Is it possible to travel between them without knowing that you've traveled? Oh, I do not think the human mind or body was built to sustain such a trip. I would myself never wish to step through. I do not know if our physical bodies would survive in order for our spiritual side to even be delivered before them. Because I'm remembering correctly, I went through. I was between places. I'm not saying this out loud. I'm just remembering so I'm, I'm doing this correctly. And I didn't know how I did it. You did pass into a different space. Yeah, that's more what I'm talking about. Though. Yep. You never traveled to them, but you did step sideways in time into a different space. Yeah. That is true. You sidestepped. And I didn't mean to. I didn't do it on purpose. Correct. All right. So everybody, is this all you, only questions you have? I mean, I think he's sort of summed up his philosophy and his belief system that John's been dealing with. I'm just going to note something as far as Vadim is concerned. He always has, as I've told you in the past, he always has that little notebook with the little nubby pencil that he like sharp. Yeah, of course. He went up to the wall and he's been writing down all of the words on the wall. Thank you, Vadim. Oh, all right. Catherine would have been doing it, but she's a little bit preoccupied right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Vadim, the words that I don't want you guys to miss that play into this, and they're a little hard to see because of the image. Pentaweer, P-E-N-T-A-W-E-R-E. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, no. Ramses III. Mm-hmm. Shikotl. Yep, that's, uh, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Giza, it was murder. Everything else on here do- deals with character stuff. Those seem to be in the exact same style of writing. So the, f- the font that or the style that John wrote them in, the lettering is exactly the same block type lettering. Gotcha. The, on all those the images. The red Shikotl, the blue Giza. I can't well, make the, out yeah, the two I, reds in the, like the middle top up here. So that's Pentaweer and it was murder. Gotcha. Gotcha. That sounds exactly like the story that Faye had researched a oh, long, yeah. long time ago. Oh, right. Yeah. So she knows exactly what this is about. We could probably refer back to her notes. Yep. The screaming mummy. What an excellent piece of, you know. Very creative, sir. Very creative. It's horrifying. Thank you. You did beautifully. So for listeners at home, the reason John would have used this type of medium was because the first time he was truly, truly exposed to the occult was on the island of the Gertrude Dobbs, um, this island in the Pacific. The Dobbs was the ship. And he and... Um, Ella encountered a room where the locals had been scrawling all kinds of cryptic messages and and art and magic um, symbols. So when John hit Ithaqua, it cracked open part of his mind and he's in his head is regressing to this kind of magic because he believes it's all gone circular, like it's come full circle that he's seeing it again. That was the moment, a little history of John, if you remember, Keeper, that was the moment when John was like, he was like wanting to understand the words and you 
had him roll an occult roll and he crit he he was critically successful. Ed, you were just like boom down the rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that changed was his character. So this this is very much if in the John Schooley wheelhouse of how he would try to communicate. I think based on the situations that have happened to John throughout his career and the and one day we can talk about the head speaks and kills and kills and kills. That's a specific John Schooley reference. There's a writing on the far left. There it says Aveline can can stop shouting yep. something. Something some Aveline can stop shouting now. He's alive. He is he's alive. He's alive. What the hell does that mean? He's talking to Aveline and maybe she was upset with the thought that Sid was dead. Yeah. Yeah, he says that in a couple different places. It says Sid's alive all over the one shoulder. So it looks like maybe or it's alive. Well, again, remember, according to John and Scott, when playing John for listeners as well, when 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 John walks away, he feels incredibly responsible for Sid's death. So that would have been something that when he found he's alive, it would have definitely been like him thinking it out and walking through it and being like, oh, my God, he's he's alive. But then there's also the cryptic note of why does it want Sid and which half do we give him? Like that's a real creepy reference to Sid. Yeah. So there's definitely things that John is looking at and trying to give get messages either to himself so he doesn't forget. Think of this sort of like as a Harry Potter, uh, a pensive, right? He's writing down right. things that he's imagining or thinking about. And and in these, M.A. Bamtu is explaining that he's constantly in a fugue state. He comes and he t- he talk to Aveline and then he'll come to me and then he stays for a few days and then he wanders again and he's like he wants to be this owl searching for knowledge but he's more like a predator the way he hunts his knowledge he goes after it ras- aggressively he won't sit and think like a wise owl he sits john is the, is a leopard john is a manifestation of something on the mountain that hunts that's the way he acts so he's given you all these clues about the way school he's behaving and we got the real bone and you got the real bone he gives you that as you leave yay thank you john so that's that's something yep the rubkun problem has been solved I guess it answered that question. Yeah, there we go. So uh, I guess we can just uh, chuck this femur away. <laughs> you know what? I think the other one's real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust him, Bobtu. So you make your way back down the mountain. It is incredibly cold when you come out. It's taken a turn. The weather will hold. It's not going to snow, but the wet, the temperature has dropped. It's January 3rd. So it's getting like, it's brutal. Like up here, it's like 14 or 18 degrees in the wind. Uh, and the walk down is windy. So it's getting, it's much later than you thought. Like the sun is already kind of getting late into the evening, into the day. Um, you'll make it back down before it's it's fully dark, but you're walking and descending in dusk. And um, as you're making your way down and you, the prayer flags are flapping and everything, and you kind of, you're looking back at this white building that starts to, starts to fade, you know, just way off in the distance, you see a shadowy figure just kind of watching you walk down this, down this path. And he's got his hands in his pockets and these, his jacket is like pulled up around his neck and he's kind of just watching you descend. And then he doesn't even, he's not even, he looks maybe for 20, 30 seconds. You all can kind of, you catch an, but he's way up higher and he kind of looks at you and turns and starts not even running. He just starts walking away down across this face of this, you know, the peak of this, uh, this hill or this part of the top of this peak and then goes down across the other side. He looks like he was heading back to the monastery maybe and then stopped, saw all of you and then turned and walked the other way for a moment. And he's heading back into the mountain. And that's where we'll cut it for tonight. So, group, great job. We are on our way. Next time, we'll be flying into New Delhi. Uh, Jack is going to be away from us for a couple of days. So we're going to set him up with getting uh, the girls back to Kubawazi. And we'll get the connecting flights to Portugal and head our way over to Vadim's kids and solve that issue and then make our way to figure out what's the next piece or if we're going to go back for the skin or what's the next piece we want to try to co- go after and figure out. Uh, remember, you, got, you also, now that 
you have the connections with the Cobalt Club. You've arranged the flights. You may be able to find out or get get in uh, a message to the priests about collecting the items if that's what you want to do and get them away from the Vatican. Some people have been talking about maybe putting them somewhere else. They weren't sure. But whatever that is, we can deal with it next time. But I want to thank you so much. This was a big night. P- folks that listen, this artwork is pretty cool. We will post it for you. Um, we'll make sure to get it out there because there is quite a few weird messages on it. And uh, we want we hope that you can enjoy what, what we did with it. But um, team, good job. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you all next time. So from all of us at the Barta College, again, like, share, subscribe. Everything that Mel says in the beginning, listen to Catherine. She knows what she's talking about in her commercial. Look up Lurking Fears, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.